The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Jesus said to his disciples, In those days after that tribulation, the sun will be darkened, the moon will not give its light, and the stars will be falling from the sky, and the powers in the heavens will be shaken. And then they will see the Son of Man coming in the clouds with great power and glory. And he will send out his angels and gather his elect from the four winds, from the end of the earth to the end of the sky. Learn a lesson from the fig tree. When its branch becomes tender and sprouts leaves, you know that summer is near. In the same way, when you see these things happening, know that he is near at the gates. Amen, I say to you, this generation will not pass away until all these things have taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. But of that day or hour, No one knows neither the angels in heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Good morning to all of you. Although I've lived in Boston all my life, I've never been in this church before. So I'm happy to be with you this morning in this beautiful setting, this beautiful church. Perhaps you've heard the story of the IRS officer who called the local pastor and asked if his parishioner, John Smith, had given $5,000 to the church last year. And the pastor paused and thought for a moment, and then he said, no, but he will. I'm here from the Office of the Propagation of the Faith, and my hope is that you will give willingly. Perhaps a word about me, so that you won't be listening to a complete stranger. I'm a diocesan priest, ordained 54 years, and at least on the books, I retired in 2018. And then I was assigned to a parish in Winchester because of a sudden sickness of the pastor. And then after that, I thought, well, retirement is here. And then I was appointed director of the Office of the Propagation of Faith. I live in St. Peter's Lithuanian Church in South Boston, and I can smile in Lithuanian. But to give you a sense of where it's located, this 6 a.m. American Airlines flight is my alarm clock and I can give the captain his coffee. I am not a missionary, but 
I have spent considerable time in Haiti over the last 40 years. And I have become a firm believer in the mustard seed, having started a a one-room clinic that now has 600 employees and is the only operating hospital in the southern peninsula of Haiti since the earthquake. What about the propagation of the faith? It was started in 1822 by a young woman, 18 years old. Her name, Pauline Marie Jarico. She was from a wealthy French family from Lyon in France. At the age of 15, she was a debutante, being introduced to the elite social life of Lyon. But somewhere between 15 and 18, after a serious fall and the death death of her mother, she had a profound religious experience. And she began organizing the poor women who worked in the silk factory that her family owned. They gathered in circles of 10 to pray for the missions and to sacrifice for them. These circles met weekly for prayer and each person gave one sou, about a penny, their sacrifice for the missions. Her hope was to revitalize the faith in France after the resolution And on a more personal level, she had a brother who was a missionary in Vietnam. These circles began to grow, and it wasn't long before their money went to the largest missionary territory at the time, the United States of America. They funded the buildup of the diocese, the new diocese of New Orleans, I'm sure because of the French connection. And at the time, the diocese extended from New Orleans to the Canadian border. Pauline is soon to be declared blessed on May 22nd on her way to sainthood, and that is the 200th anniversary of the propagation of the faith. What we are asking of you is the same, really, as Pauline asked. Regular prayer and sacrifice for the missions. There are 1,100 dioceses throughout the world who cannot support themselves. However, even they have an office for the propagation of faith based on the scriptural principle that we are given in order that we might give. What does your sacrifice do? Most basically, 
It feeds people. It also trains catechists to be in areas where there are no priests or religious sisters. It aids in the building of clinics and hospitals and churches and schools and teaching vocational skills. Perhaps today, as we receive the body of Christ, we can be more conscious that there are many others in the Southern Hemisphere that are also today receiving the body of Christ, this body which calls us to unity. And perhaps we can become more profoundly aware that the body of Christ feeds spiritually both here and there, but there, their physical bodies need our healing. And your sacrifice, we would ask you to either give at the second collection, but if you're not prepared to do so, there are some envelopes at the back of the church. You can take one and send in your offering. But even if you give today, I would urge you to take an envelope because the website is on the envelope. And going to the website, you'll you'll learn much more about the work of the propagation of the faith. And so today, perhaps in a new way, let us remember that we are all volunteers for the missions. Some give by going, others go by giving. I thank you all in advance and ask God's blessings upon each of you and your families.